Hey everyone, welcome to Inflow with Change, the podcast that tells you all there is to know about how to tap into your own deeper knowing. This show is for people who are ready to let go of their armors, explore unknown territories and invite more curiosity into their lives. People who are ready to let go of perfectionism and what they think they should be and simply be who they truly are. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to invite you to listen with an open mind and a honest heart, to explore the triggers that some episodes may arise in you and flow through them with kindness towards yourself. My name is Sara Bigatti, an Italian living abroad. I am a human being, first of all, on a journey of continuous exploration and with the intention to live my life in the most authentic way. I'm a qualified movement and breath coach, fascinated by the human body in all its forms and capacities. After years in the personal training industry, which still is a great part of my work today, I encountered animal flow and discovered a new layer of connection with my own body. At the same time, I started exploring the magic of our own breath, and what it means to be present with it. This journey, which is a never-ending one, is allowing me to let go of layers that do not serve me anymore and be fully present here and now. Do not be surprised if, in a few years, you will meet a different version of me. I believe in our transformative nature. Sometimes it feels we do not have a choice, but most of the times we do, It is a matter of perspective. I am so excited to be sharing with you concepts and ideas, conversations with amazing people, experts and professionals I have encountered along the way and have in their own way sparked my curiosity to ask even more questions to them, to myself and to life. Thank you all for listening and flowing with me. Welcome to today's episode. Today's episode is called How Do You Breathe? And it's a journey within the concept of heart rate variability. Heart rate variability or HRV is quite a known concept and a lot of times I hear talking about it. It sounds simple and it is ultimately But that's a basic to understand how our breath works, how our body works, and how our emotions, for example, can affect our, our heart and why it is all connected. So I've noticed that a lot of times in many practices, the concept of heart rate variability, slow breathing, slow down, rest, is often central but there is no further explanation and at least in my vision a lot of times we really need to understand the why behind something before we dive deeply into that so i want to exactly talk about heart rate variability what it is and why we should we should all look at that and the downsides of looking at it from an uninformed perspective Actually, before starting this episode, I wanted to talk about a totally different topic. I wanted to talk about anger, 
repressed anger, frustration, and how that affects the body and how physical, emotional, and mental state are affected by it. But while I was researching and reading a bunch of information, I've noticed and I've realized that I should not really assume that we all know certain fundamental concepts, such as heart rate variability. And as you know, my main intention here is to develop awareness and to do so we need to understand. Most of my work is somatic, so with the body, and my biggest intention is that we all, little by little, learn to listen to our inner guidance. But I strongly do believe in knowledge. I study myself a lot, I read a lot, and I do believe that if we all understand the why behind what we do, we believe in it a little bit more and we can share the knowledge better with those around us. By the way, I'm sorry for uh, my voice today, but I'm a little bit sick and I've been a little, a little sick in the last two days, so I'm recovering. Um, I could have postponed this podcast, but I really didn't want to. So um, I hope you can enjoy my funny voice. <laughs> so uh, let me dive into today's episode. I've, re- I've, sorry, I've realized that there is a concept that is a central focus on most of the somatic therapies I see and I hear about. And yeah, I just take this uh, situation, this thing I'm saying to mention a little secret that that next week there will be a special guest and he's someone I've met not very long time ago but I have been really fascinated by her work and what she does and especially the fact that she does it somatically. She's a life coach and we have been surrounded by many life coaches nowadays but a lot of them do that from a very mind-based point of view. So, well, I won't tell you much more about that, but let's uh, let's continue with, uh, with what we're talking about today, but please stay tuned for the next one. So, um, going back, many methods that nowadays are becoming more and more popular, such, for example, yoga, meditation, and there's a reason for that, talk about our collective inability to cope with stress. You should do yoga. You should meditate. If someone sees that we are stressed, that's the advice we receive most of the time. More and more methods invite us to bring the attention inwards, and I'm really happy of that. (laughs) Our attention to our breath and to slow down so to be more present and reasonable in the sense of reasoning more, respond more to situations instead of reacting. Also, for example, we join high-intensity training, we go running, we go swimming, we feel out of breath. But ultimately, why are we doing that? (laughs) If we do sport, we are healthier and less at risk of heart disease. That's proven. That's proven. But we also feel happier. We also feel less frustration. But the point is, why? Why? Why does this happen? And it all ultimately comes down to the heart rate variability. (laughs) Let's make it a little bit simple. So a step back and just a quick reminder about something we, just a quick recap more than reminder about something we talked in previous podcasts. So I suggest you make a quick step back and just go around them and uh, and, uh, listen to them. 
because that's something quite interesting for you. But there are two main systems we need to refer to. We have the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is a network of nerves that helps our body to activate its flight or fight response. The parasympathetic, on the other side, is a network, network of nerves that helps our body to activate its rest and digest response. This system controls specific body functions, such as digestion, heart rate, and immune system. These functions are involuntary, meaning that we cannot control them voluntarily. So, why do I believe, and so many more do, of course, researchers and doctors, so strongly about the powerful tool of breathwork? So, why do I believe, and so many more do, researchers and doctors, so strongly about the powerful tool of breathwork? Let me flow with you through some important concepts that will help us understand the incredible interconnections there is between the heart, the brain, and the breath. It will become a little bit more technical here, uh, but this is a technical episode. <laughs> so um, I invite you to go back to this every time I mention in future episodes also um, certain concepts that you may are not familiar with. So... At this point, I want to mention again the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve, also known as vagal nerves, vagal nerves, <laughs> are the main nerves of our parasympathetic nervous system, and it can be found in the back of our neck. The vagus nerve constantly sends information to the brain about the state of the body's organs. The brain sends then information to the heart. And, of course, I'm only talking about a certain kind of communication, which is a neurological communication. For example, when we are in a state of arousal, so we get excited for something, our sympathetic nervous system gets activated, sending information to the brain, with consequent increase of heart rate, and so on. It is much more complicated than this, but this gives, a little, gives us a little overview and, of course, communication goes both ways and direction. So brain, uh, from the vagus nerve to brain and the other way around. There, there have been many researches and the thing is that apparently the heart sends more information to the brain than the other way around. Inside the heart, there is an intrinsic nervous system that travels to the brain through the vagus nerve. I find this incredible. The connection is surprisingly powerful. And here comes the importance of adequate rest of the heart, for example. We talked about stress, hypertension in past episodes. There, are, there is saying, for example, he saw, he saw his daughter for the first time and he almost had a heart attack. It sounds, sound, this sounds beautifully strong, but it could actually happen. Strong emotional upsets could potentially cause heart failure. Stress, distress have often been associated with certain chronic conditions such as hypertension, cardiac arrest, coronary disease, fatigue and other disorders. This is not to scare you, but to make you aware. Effective emotions regulation skills is essential 
have been truly shown to prolong health. When we experience stress, for example, we also experience strong emotions. They are fully, fully interlinked. We experience anxiety, irritation, frustration, feeling of hopelessness, lack of control, fear. These are all emotions that we feel when we feel stressed. It doesn't really matter if it is a life-threatening situation or if it is something minor, because our brain doesn't understand the difference. The common point here is that these situations that are experienced as stressful trigger strong emotions, which ultimately have an impact to the other systems. Being that these strong emotions, being that annoyance, irritation, anxiety, feeling of overwhelm. Do you recognize yourself in this? Do you, have you experienced anxiety? Have you experienced irritation? Have you experienced frustration? And of course, this is normal that it happens or that it happens to other people, of course. So you maybe haven't experienced fully yourself, but you have seen it happening in other people. That's completely normal. But the problem is when we stick to them. We stick to those um, emotions and when these emotions overwhelm us, so they take control over us. So... Of course, we should feel this emotion, we do feel this emotion, we will feel these emotions. But what matters is the regulation. So being able to come back home, meaning inside, and learn to speak the language of our body so that we can send messages of safety and ultimately self-regulate. So before talking about heart rate variability, which yeah, we still haven't fully mentioned, we need to talk about the vagal, vagal, vagal tone. The vagal tone is the activity of the vagus nerve. Low vagal tone may result in abdominal pain and bloating, acid reflux, changes in heart rate, blood pressure and sugar, difficulty swelling, dizziness. When the, the tone is high, it means that the body can better respond to triggers and ultimately better respond to, respond to stress. Let's connect this to the breathing. When we inhale, there is a slight increase in our heart rate because the vagal tone reduces slightly. When we exhale, our heart rate decreases slightly and our heart slows down. And here, I find it's the perfect moment to introduce the concept of heart rate variability. So, and I make a little step back again, we have the autonomic nervous system divided in sympathetic nervous system and parasympathetic nervous system. When the sympathetic nervous system is activated, so we are in a state of arousal, our heart rate increases. When the parasympathetic is activated, we are in a state of rest, our heart rate decreases. So, breath. When we inhale, our sympathetic nervous system is activated, the heart increases, heart rate increases. When we exhale, our parasympathetic nervous system is activated and the heart rate slightly decreases. This is a beautiful, and my, in my vision, it's a beautiful, incredible interconnection we have. And the heart rate variability is a great way to measure the balance between our parasympathetic nervous system and our sympathetic nervous system 
and ultimately has been used to measure the good health of our heart. But what is heart rate variability? Heart rate variability is literally the variance in time between the beats of our heart. The heart rate variability is influenced by the autonomic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is telling our heart to beat faster. The parasympathetic is telling our heart to beat slower. And this communication is continuous and causes our heart rate to fluctuate, which is a very good thing because we want to have a high heart rate variability. We want to fluctuate from a, from a high heart rate to, to a low heart rate quite fast. If the heart rate variability is high, it means that we respond well to both the stimuli and both systems, meaning the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic. And we are resilient and easily adapt to situations and to the environment around us. If the body is under constant stress, the heart rate becomes the heart rate variability becomes less resilient and less flexible and fluctuates less. When our heart rate variability is low, means that also our cortisol level concentration is really high. So a low HRV, a low heart rate variability, causes an increase of cortisol levels. If the cortisol levels are high, this can cause weight gain, easy bruising, thinning of the skin, muscle weaknesses, and we normally take more time in healing. When we have a low heart rate variability, that's also a sign that in a specific moment, we require one of our systems to work harder. Let's make an example to make this uh, more digestible. During a race or a high-intensity activity, we want our body to give the energy to our muscles, not to our digestive system. We don't need to digest in a moment. We need our muscle to function in a good way. So we want to activate our sympathetic nervous system. But... If in a normal condition our heart rate is low and we are not in a situation of high intensity, probably that means that our body is saving energy for something else. For example, if you are fatigued, if we feel stressed, our body is very, very clever and decides to give energy to the recovery, which means that if we fight that, so if we fight our body needs to recover, we're making it worse because our body has fewer resources to allocate to other demanding activities, such as exercising, working, etc. So that means that if, we, if our body needs rest and therefore feels fatigue, feels stress, that means that our heart rate is low, that means that we need to use the fewer energy, fewer resources into giving energy to the body and not into working or into exercising. Otherwise, we work against it. So what is a, heart, a good heart rate variability? There is no real answer for this because it is a very personal concept. Normally, younger people have a higher heart rate variability than older people. Males tend to have a higher heart rate variability than females. Elite athletes tend to have a higher heart rate variability than regular people. Endurance athletes 
higher than other athletes. So the a better question is, what is a good heart rate variability for me, for my condition right now? The heart rate variability measures rhythmic changes between heartbeats. When we inhale, we have a partial withdrawal, withdrawal of vagal tone. What's vagal tone is activity of the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is a network of nerves of the parasympathetic nervous system, which is situated in the back of the neck. When we exhale, the vagal tone increases and the heart rate slows down. This phenomenon is called respiratory sinus arrhythmia, RSA. So basically, the RSA is HRV, heart rate variability, in synchronicity with the breath. Variation in the HR, so in the heart rate, so variations in the heart rate produces the phenomena of RSA, respiratory sinus arrhythmia. In simple terms, RSA represents the fact of breathing on that part of the heart that initiates electrical inputs for the heart to contract. How is RSA affected? Stress can affect it, alteration in breathing patterns can affect it, high-intensity exercise can affect it. So if we think in simple terms, each of them affects the heart rate and affects our breath. When we are stressed, our heart rate changes, our breath pattern changes. When we do a high-intensity exercise, the same. Heart rate, heart rate increases, our um, breath patterns change. change. So when we inhale, we get oxygen in the lungs. When we exhale, we eliminate CO2. And the high need to exhale is higher when too much carbon dioxide is accumulating in the lungs. For example, when we exercise, our breath and our heart rate are not synchronized and they cannot be. Heart rate increases significantly. Our breath increases as well to support but at a certain point, we risk to move into hyperventilation, which is not beneficial. So we need to try our best to slow down our heart rate. And how do we slow down our heart rate? By slowing down our breath and by looking for a homeostasis. In this case, focusing on the exhale, for example, because when we exhale, heart rate decreases. We said that before. Does it make sense? It is at that point that our awareness of what is actually happening inside our body can really help us understand what's the best way to support our functional activity. And this is the same, for the same reason, yoga, meditation, flow movements, singing, humming, and many more are so beneficial. They all have something in common. It is, it is the breath awareness and the slow breathing. So all the above is valid. No matter what you do and which one you choose, but the invitation is to breathe consciously and to practice breath work. Heart rate variability is closely related to breathing frequency. By breathing frequency, I mean how many times per minute we breathe. So we inhale and we exhale. I want to do a simple exercise with you. I want to invite you to sit up straight and close your eyes. Maybe roll your shoulders back 
and simply close your eyes and bring your awareness inward. Without changing anything in your breathing pattern, of course, please do this exercise only if you are in a safe environment. Not while driving, not while biking. <laughs> so again, we sit up straight, close your eyes and bring the awareness inward. I want to invite you to just simply breathe in and breathe out at your own pace. And I want to invite you to count your breath, meaning for one is one inhale and one exhale, exhale. and this counts as one. Inhale plus exhale is one breath. I'm gonna give you count you down to from five and count a time of one minute. Slowly breathing, inhaling, exhaling, five, four, three, inhale, exhale, five, inhale, exhale, and we go. Count your breath, inhaling and exhaling. So note down how many breaths you had during this one minute. And before moving further, let me introduce you to three concepts and also before explaining you what we've just done. The first concept is the concept of light breathing. I'm going to invite you again to close your eyes and keep that standing nice straight position. Bring the awareness into your breath. I want to invite you to inhale in a very silent manner, in a very silent way. Silent way. And gently exhale also by not making any noise. If someone is sitting next to you, they don't want to hear you breathing. You yourself cannot hear yourself breathing. I want to invite you to bring one finger below your nostrils. And notice if 
you hear you feel the air coming in and out of your nostrils you don't want to feel it you maybe feel a change in temperature on your finger but you don't feel the pressure of the air the weight of the air exhale so slowly that there's no change in pressure on the air you simply feel a little colder air coming in through your nostrils and a little warmer air coming out I want to invite you now to bring the awareness into your exhale can you make it a little bit softer and a little bit slower? Keep breathing in and out through your nose if that's possible. Otherwise, gently exhale through your mouth, imagining a little straw. Slow down your exhale. And the expansion of your rib cage with your inhale. I invite you to position your hands below your rib cage on the side of your body, on the side of your belly. And with every inhale, feel your body pressuring against your hands to the side of the body with the exhale, sink into that position. Bring awareness into your breath, into the lightness of your breath. Awareness into your exhale, making a little bit softer, a little bit more gentle, a little bit slower. Feel the presence of your hands on your rib cage. Every time you inhale, you're pressing your hands outwards and relaxing with every exhale. down again to five to keep breathing bringing the awareness into these three dimensions a really light breathing a slow breathing and the deep diaphragmatic breathing while keeping attention and awareness there I'm gonna count you down to five and please count your breath I'll tell you when to start expansion of your rib cage exhaling slowly feeling the full relaxation of your body feeling the lightness of your breath inhaling feeling the pressure of your hands on your rib cage with exhale slow down your movements fully relaxing into that 
three, two, one, relax your breath. How many breaths did you do this time? This was a very simple exercise. I didn't mention much more about that. But I just introduced you to three main concepts, which is the light breathing, the slow breathing, and the deep breathing. I try to introduce you to this concept somatically, meaning by using your breath. What I want to invite you to do is to note down how many breaths did you have before, how many breaths did you have after within the one minute's time frame that we, um, we, we worked with. And ideal, most of people have between 9 to 24 breaths per minute on a normal, on the average, and normal day. It also depends, of course, if you're in a rest situation or um, in a very active situation. It has been proven that the perfect ra uh, ratio of heart of breath per minute is 6. So it's a very famous exercise which is called 6 breaths per minute, meaning that within one minute we want to apply 6 breaths. So I want to invite you between five and six, five and a half. That's it. That's said to be the ideal. I want to invite you to try this exercise again with the awareness that the intention is to stay around six breaths. Don't worry if you're not there yet. Just keep practicing slow breathing. Ultimately, you, you will get there. I just want to ask you, like, if, if you felt that your breath pattern that your breath per minute reduced if they actually did and how does that make you feel how do you feel right now because to me when I slow down the breath is just fascinating it's incredible the benefits that I feel but I also want to mention to you 10 benefits that are really really important in in this um, and that with a simple exercise exercise such as six breaths per minute we have huge improvements and, of course, this improves the heart rate variability. So how do you feel right now? Did you notice any difference between the first time we counted the minutes and your number of breaths per minute and the second time? What I've done now is simply introducing you to three main forms, main elements of breathing, which is the light breathing, the slow breathing and the deep breathing. Ultimately, by practicing three, these three elements, we really can have huge impacts in our, on our nervous system and our ability to self-regulate. It's incredible. I find this incredible. There's a very famous exercise which is called six breaths per minute. And the six breaths per minute has been shown, has been proven to be the most efficient way of breathing. Of course, this is really hard to apply when we are in a high-intensity activity, but it's ultimately what we can practice to increase our heart rate variability and practice at rest. So if you have reached the six breaths per minute, that stop, that's great. And try to practice it on a regular basis. If you haven't, that's okay also, but you can take that as your goal, as your intention. And you will notice when you actually apply that, when you actually have six breaths per minute between five and six, you will notice great improvements in your system. What I want to do now is just to list 10 main points that are actually significantly important. Um, and that's about heart rate variability. So 
why should we increase heart rate variability? Number one, by increasing heart rate variability, we optimize the balance between parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, meaning that ultimately we are better in responding to stressful situations, in self-regulating emotions, mm. and we are not we don't feel necessarily overwhelmed, especially on the long term, from our own emotions. Number two, uh, by slow breathing, sorry, we increase heart rate variability. We gain more, number three, we gain more concentration and focus. More oxygen gets delivered to the brain and to the blood. Therefore, we also get better circulation. Number four, we have more air to the lungs. By slow breathing, we deliver more air to the lungs, meaning that if we are in a high-intensity activity, our heart rate gets, goes fast, our breath goes fast. If we slow down our breathing, and in that case, especially focusing on the exhale, simply because we need to get back to homeostasis, so to a state where our, the pH in our blood is um, balanced, by slowing down our breath, we can give more oxygen to the lungs, more oxygen to the muscles, therefore recover better. Slow breathing also, and that's number five, increases blood flow to the heart. Number six, gives greater vagal tone. Number seven, better function of all the systems in our body. Digestive system works better, immune system works better, and many more. Reduces, number eight, reduces stress and long-term inflammation. Number nine, it's a great, slow breathing is a great release from chronic stress and prevents stress-related illnesses. And number 10, we even have a better sex life. So, well, I guess we need to practice slow breathing if we want to see benefits, improvements in our daily life, in all fields of our life. And that's why I strongly believe in breath work. I strongly believe in the importance of being aware of our breath, in the importance of being aware of our body, and in the importance of communicating that, especially to children, especially to people around us, so they can also be aware. But the, the main point is that it needs to start from us. If we self-regulate, we can tell others to self-regulate. We can communicate and teach and share with others what we know. So with that, I want to invite you to breathe slowly <laughs> and I want to invite you to follow up with my next episodes and maybe have a look at the previous ones if you haven't listened to them. So with a lot of love, I say goodbye to you and I will see you next time.